Hello and welcome to the Cane Violation. Like I said last episode, I mentioned I might be with a guest. Well, I am. What's up, Dan Greeny? What's up, Sam? How you doing today? Doing well. Excited for uh, game one, round two, Bucks Nets. This is probably one of the better uh, round two matchups you're ever going to see in the NBA, I feel like. Because I think, sorry Sixers fans, I think this these are uh, the best two teams in the East right now. Hate to break it to you, but we are about an hour away from the game starting and uh, we're going to continue what we did last week. Did um, each Eastern Conference team best player who averages the most under 10 points on each team. And I actually forgot to do one team. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so sorry to Canada, the city of Toronto. I didn't do the Toronto Raptors. We're going to start off with them. So, their player, the player who averages the most points under 10, is Malachi Flynn. 29th pick of last year's draft. Now, he's under contract for three more years. So, similar to what we did in the last episode, I'll talk about uh, whether... I think these teams uh, should keep these guys. Obviously, I think you got to keep Malachi Flynn because he was a first-rounder. You got you to gotta invest in your first-rounders, and he's cheap because he's a late first-rounder. Made only $1.9 million this year. He makes $2 million next season. He actually started 14 games for the Raptors this year. Played pretty solid. Did you see him play at all? Not as a Toronto Raptor, but following the box scores and knowing what I know about him from his year at San Diego State, which was tremendous in the 1920 season, I feel like this guy might be in the perfect situation to be kind of Fred Van Vliet's understudy and learn the NBA game from him. Malachi Flynn, as he ended up being a first-rounder, um, Previous to that, though, he was kind of overlooked. He was not really a big-time recruit. Ended up at Washington State, which was not a big-time program. And then ended up transferring to San Diego State. So Fred Van Vliet was also kind of overlooked. And I think uh, they kind of have that in common. And Fred Van Vliet can definitely teach him the NBA game at that point guard position. Yeah, I think the game just needs a slow down for him a little more he didn't really play much at the beginning of the year once it became clear that the raptors weren't going to be that competitive this year it seems like around march was uh they went on a really bad losing streak from march 3rd to March 22nd, they didn't win a single game. They lost 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 in a row they lost. So, yeah, basically they uh, weren't able to trade Kyle Lowry at the deadline. So they're like, you know what, this season's a wash. Let's just play the youngsters. And that's when 
Malachi Flynn started getting an uptick in minutes. And he actually scored a career high of 27 points his last game this season. That was May 16th. He uh, kind of went off the last two games. The game before that, he scored 26. So, talented kid. Talented kids. It's come together. I think you got to hold on to him. See what he's got. All right, so let's move on to the West. We'll start with the Utah Jazz. So their guy, averaging just under 10, is Royce O'Neal. Now, I know you've seen Royce O'Neal play a lot in this playoffs. How valuable is Royce O'Neal? No doubt. In addition to his three-point shooting, he seems to be a pretty good wing defender and kind of a key cog in that Utah rotation. I think he starts more often than not. But you could bring him off the bench as well if the matchup is appropriate for that. Seems to have some versatility. Could probably guard twos and threes. And uh, he's a decent ball handler, too. You can bring it up and initiate offense. Definitely a key cog in this Utah Jazz rotation. Yes, very important. Actually started in every game he played in this year. And he's been important in this first round. He... um Got double digits uh, a few times, actually. He scored 17 points in the um, the elimination game a couple days ago. So he's actually under contract for... They just extended him, actually. So, hold on, let me pull up his salary here. Woo! They got him for a good deal here. So he made only $8 million this year. He's going to make 8.6 the next, 9 after that, 9.9 in the final season. So I'd say if you've got a guy who can start on your team and he's on his second contract making less than $10 million over four years, you got a deal there. NBA starters who um who aren't rookies they're they're usually making at least 10 a year i'd say unless your team is really banged up or you're rebuilding but this is this is a very good team that we have here so obviously that is a very valuable contract i'd say and um you know if things ever go south with the jazz um maybe in a couple years maybe go bear He's unhappy, even though he's under contract for a while. Maybe Donovan Mitchell gets more angry at the Jazz. He might be a little ticked off with them right now, understandable. The uh, the Jazz could take that Royce O'Neal contract and uh, probably get some decent value for it because there's a playoff team that would uh, you know love to get a, a guy, a starting caliber player for that kind of money. Kind of reminds me of uh, P.J. Tucker's contract with the Rockets. Royce makes a little more, though. So let's move on to the next team. We'll do... Who should we do here? Let's do the Nuggets. So their guy is... Pull it up here. It's Gary Harris. Just kidding. He's gone. He's on the magic. It's Paul Millsap. So Millsap, I... I think he re-signed for a discount 
this past year. Yeah, so he signed a one-year, $10 million deal, which I actually believe the Celtics offered him that as well. Um, but it's understandable. Millsap, he's been in Denver for three seasons. I wouldn't want to move if I'm already settled into a house. I'm on a good team. Not starting. He would probably he probably would have started on the Celtics. <laughs> Especially in this first round series. But he's been coming off the bench, doing solid. Do you really think the Nuggets would need him next year, though? Because I'm iffy on that. Yeah, I'm with you. I've seen this guy play for a long time, on and off. And at one time, obviously, he was... Almost a star, I think you could say. Uh, definitely a big-time rebounder. Could score the ball inside out. It's starting to look like uh, Father Time is catching up to him a little bit to me. He doesn't mm-hmm. seem to have the same legs. Um, not maybe quite the same three-point shooter that he was at one time. And it seems to me like people are starting to pass him in that rotation. The Nuggets are going a little bit younger. You know, you got Aaron Gordon now taking minutes away from him. I'm sure they're going to want to keep Aaron Gordon for an extended period of time at this point. Um, So, yeah, I'm I'm also a bit iffy on his season next season. He rarely played over 30 minutes a game this past season. It looks like he only did four times, actually. So recently, as he settles into this new rotation, especially after they got Aaron Gordon, because Aaron Gordon quickly became their starting power forward when they acquired him at the trade deadline, he's now just a backup forward, really. He plays under 20 minutes a night. He hasn't played over 15 minutes yet in the, in the playoffs. But he's a veteran. He's smart. He's been through some battles, especially with the Hawks. Um, I still think he has value. I still think he could definitely be in the league next year. But paying him $10 million, nah, that's a little high. Maybe maybe half, even that might be a little much. I think think, you got to go cheaper if you're Denver. But, you know, there might be a team out there that you know, is really jonesing for, like, a, a good locker room voice, a, a veteran to lead their guys, maybe like a Vince Carter type. I mean, I haven't heard people say anything bad about Paul Millsap's attitude or anything like that, so I assume he's a pretty good leader. Um, I would say, yeah, maybe, like, the Magic will would offer him a similar contract for $10 million. Like, hey, you know, <laughs> franchise is in shambles here. <laughs> Paul, can you help us out? So, yeah, if I'm Denver, I, uh, I'd i bring him back, but just probably for $5 million or under, if he's willing to take that. So let's move on to our next team, the Portland Trail Blazers. I feel bad for the Blazers, man. I know you do, too. I love Damian Lillard. You were just telling me how much you love Lillard. I think he's one of my favorite non-Celtic superstars of the league. 
He's definitely my favorite uh, non-Kentucky superstar in the league, and they are fun to watch because of him, C.J. McCollum. But they got to get these guys some more help. Yep, they've they do. Um, they need to do it for Lillard, uh, Robert Covington. That is the guy who averages most points under ten for the Blazers. Start every game. They played in this year, 70 games. His contract situation is interesting. He signed an extension back when he was on the Sixers. He's been traded a few times since then, actually. He went from the Sixers to the Timberwolves to the Rockets to the Blazers. It reminds me of that Jay Crowder contract where you have a starter on you know such a good deal that... <laughs> You know, contenders, like people really wanting to contend are just like, hey, let's get Cummington for cheap. Let's just give up a first rounder. <laughs> He's good. He's good. He doesn't cost that much. So let's see. I think he's making like $12 million. I'll pull it up here. Yeah, he's making 12 this year. He makes 12.9 next year. It's an expiring contract. Um... It's interesting because the Blazers definitely have to make some changes. I would definitely not say Covington is like off limits, but it's not the end of the world if um, if you bring him back next year. He's sure valuable wherever he goes. I feel like um, I've watched him since he broke into the league with the Trust the Process 76ers. Oh, my God. And yeah. I'm thinking to myself, I've never seen this guy play in college. I don't know how he got into this position or if he would be on anybody else's roster in the NBA. And he has proven to become a very valuable player in this league in his role. A 3 and D type of guy. And, uh, yeah, anybody would love to have a Robert Covington on their roster, I think. But like you said, it remains to be seen with what kind of moves that Portland's going to make in the offseason. I'm sure they're probably going to blow things up to an extent with the coaching change and whatnot. So we'll see what happens with him. Yeah, uh, he may not have a job in the league right now if it wasn't for the Trust the Process Sixers because they really didn't have any players. Um, I think so. I He was on the Rockets for a few games is there 2013 or 2014 Rockets get r rid of him Sixers pick him up and he was just in the right place at the right time they they needed a wing who could eat up minutes help them lose basically <laughs> I mean he, he tried but you know he was so inexperienced but hey he basically would just you know go all bombs away shooting threes and Eventually, he just became a good player. So in the playoffs, I mean, he had 19 in game five in that loss against Denver. That was the overtime game. He plays a lot of minutes for this team. And he was guarding Joker at times in that game. He's, yeah, he's very useful. He's he's versatile. He can guard, he can guard your center. Both forward positions. Blazers, I think you should keep him unless you can, you know, package him with another player perhaps and upgrade. I feel like that would be hard to do though. 
So our next team will do the Minnesota Timberwolves. Their guy is Jalen Noel. I, I gotta be honest, I didn't really see him play that much. This I am year. not familiar with him either. Wait, Jalen Noel, let's see. Jalen Noel. Is he a two way player? A second rounder. 43rd pick. He played only 15 games his first season. So he's from Seattle. He's a Washington guy. Yeah, I didn't get to see him play very much in college, so I don't have much for you on this one. It was a late night games, I'm sure, in Washington. I'm not staying up on weeknights past yeah. midnight to watch Washington hoops. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I didn't watch too much Timberwolves this year. But um, let's see. Wow, he averaged nine points a game. He played 42 games. It's not like he didn't play that many. But this was a rough team this year, Timberwolves. They're going to get another high pick. How the hell did he average nine a game? Yeah. Talk about under the radar. Yeah. He scored. So he's he's a wing, mm -hmm. and he's scoring nine a game, and then you got lottery pick Derek Culver scoring what? <laughs> right? Oh, God. Yeah, let's see. 5.3. There you go. That's so a he, problem. He basically beat out a lottery pick for this job, it looks like. So that's pretty impressive in and of itself. Good for him, man. Yeah, what the hell? Culver? A Koji? A Koji that he's averaging more than a Koji? Yeah. So he must be a pretty damn good player. Good for him, man. Well, let's see what his contract situation is. Second rounder, I wonder if they gave him a four-year deal. Sometimes you can do that. Uh... Yeah, it looks like they signed him for four years. Jalen Noel, yep, signed four-year, $6.6 million contract, August 6, 2019. Hats off to a player like that. Hopefully he sticks and stays in the league for a long time. Yeah, yeah, you definitely need to keep this guy. Anyone who is a second-rounder is averaging almost 10 the second year. Pretty rare. Pretty rare. Then again, you have to be in the right situation for something like that to happen. This team was garbage. Sorry. It's just the truth. All right, so we'll go to the Phoenix Suns next. I wonder who this will be. I bet it's Jay Crowder. Maybe it'd be fun to start guessing. Is it Jay Crowder? No, Jay Crowder averaged 10.1. I was close. Okay, so... Under J is Cameron Johnson. He's become a really good player for this team, I'd say. Now, was he, I think he was, was he the 2019 draft? He, yes. Because he was teammates with um guy in the Bulls. Kobe White. Kobe yes. White, yeah. That's right. And I remember Kobe White's reaction when Johnson got picked. Because he wasn't supposed to go this high. This was kind of draft. a controversial pick, but it's yeah. looking like it's worked out pretty well for them so far. It's getting playoff minutes. Scored double digits three different times. Um, yeah, so obviously you're going to keep this guy. 
It's only second year of his rookie contract, first round pick. You, uh, yeah, like is he's a positive value guy, I'd say, and by positive value, I'd say if like another team wanted him, that team would probably have to give up an asset in order to acquire him. Oh, probably a first round pick at this point. This guy can play the three or the four, small yep. ball four. Mm-hmm. Step out, shoot the three. Yeah. It's going to improve defensively. Yeah. So that there's not too much of a debate on that one. So we'll go to the Clippers. Oh, we just watched them last night. Making us sweat. Making us sweat. Uh, I'm going to guess it's Abaka. No, it's Zubach. Zubach averaged nine points a game. Zubats, Zubach. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of like they're, uh, they, they flip flop on him a lot. Like, oh, should we have him start? They're not starting him really in the playoffs right now. He did get some minutes last night in the fourth. I noticed that, but really not putting up any points. Um, not not that effective on the floor. Like he'll get he'll get rebounds here and there. That's really it. Not a lot of blocks. Only two blocks so far in the series. It's interesting to me that when I watch them play in the regular season, he looks like a key cog, a key piece to this team. Mm-hmm. But in the playoffs this year and last year, he has seemed to disappear. Like he has shrunk in the spotlight of the playoffs. He has just been exposed in the ball screen, you know, screen and roll game, especially with Luka. Um, so they they get to the point where they almost don't even want to play him against Luka, it seems like, because the minute he comes in, they're going ball screen at the top of the key with Zubats and just trying to expose him. Yep. And, yeah, by game four of this series, they're just like, oh, we can't start him anymore. I think they were starting Morris at the five. That's right. Seemed like going real small. So, I believe he's under contract for a few more years, under $10 million. Let's double-check, though. Yeah, so he's making seven point five next year, and then seven point five the year after that. So, regardless of his well, pretty meh play, I think you, you should still hold on to him at at this price unless you can really get a better player using his salary That's I think that would probably be tough to do at that price though he is a pretty decent player at least in the regular season to this point yeah he still has value he can uh he can start games for you regular season but you know you just gotta keep in mind it's he can get exposed during certain matchups and uh, playoffs, not the best track record. Okay. Next team is the Lakers. Oh, the poor Lakers. I'm so sorry you guys lost in the first round. Get used to it. That's what I'd say. <laughs> nah, they'll be healthy next year. So Contavious Caldwell-Pope averaged 9.7 this year. He's under contract for 
a few more years, I believe. Yeah, so it's 13 next year. The next year is uh, partially guaranteed. He's he's still pretty important for this team, and he had that really good game in the finals in the bubble. So I say you're holding on to Caldwell Pope. And you know what? He's also a clutch client. So <laughs> I think... Uh, <laughs> I don't think you're getting rid of him unless you're giving up mega value where it's not much of a debate, you know, where KCP can't complain to his agent and say, hey, come on, why'd you trade me? Did you see what we got? That's probably not going to happen, though. So he'll be uh, probably playing with LeBron for a while. Yeah, he's become a really solid player for them Mm -hmm. now that he's staying off uh, work release. Keeping out of trouble. Right. I forgot about that. And he turned down a lot of money um, in Detroit. He turned down an extension and then took like a one-year deal with the Lakers. That was a year before LeBron came. Turned out to be a smart move. Got him a ring. Yep. It didn't look like it at the time because I think his first year with the Lakers, he was kind of struggling. So a lot of people were like this idiot he just gave up like 30 million dollars he just left it on the table but you know what sometimes that's the price you have to pay to win a ring and when it doesn't work out that sucks he'll make it back later in his career i'm sure he's already starting to make it back with this new contract he's made plenty of money He'll be fine. All right, next team, the Golden State Warriors. Who do you think it is? I think it's Juan Toscano-Anderson. No, not even close here, just 5.7. Eric Paschal. I think he might be... No, I think he has one more year on his uh, rookie contract. And then he's extension eligible. Yeah, so um, next year. No, actually, 2022, he's a restricted free agent. I think you're definitely going to hold on to this guy. I th- he was hurt for a lot of the season. That's why he wasn't playing. When was the last game he played? Because he was not in the playing games from what I remember. So I think it, it was interesting to me because I thought he was going to be playing in those. He did come back towards the end of the season, but then he oh, was out of the right. rotation in those playing games. Right. And I was kind of surprised by that. And there was a time where I believe it was Mark Jackson on the broadcast had said, I wonder if maybe you go to Eric Pascal and this, this, this situation to get some scoring punch because they were having some trouble scoring the ball from the wing with anybody other than Curry. Yeah. So I was hoping to see him in those games, but it didn't happen for whatever reason. Maybe conditioning? Yeah. Yeah, it's just being out for a while. Looks like he was out for a lot of April, for sure. Um, most of May as well. Yeah, he came back second to last game of the season against the Pelicans. Actually did all right, scored 12 points end up winning but eh, just wasn't really ready to go at it he started the first two games of the year so yeah i think you're definitely gonna hold on to him he actually 
was one of the few bright spot um, bright spots of uh, the Warriors last year. That was a pretty dreadful team to watch. Although a lot of those guys are still on the team: Mulder, Juan Toscano, Anderson, Pascal himself. Yep, Pascal. All right, so next team, ooh, the infamous Sacramento Kings. Wow, they've had a lot of players on their roster this year. Hassan Whiteside. Oh, man, he averaged 8.1. I am shocked he didn't get moved at the deadline. First of all, like, you would think Whiteside wouldn't want to be there. Apparently, he has kind of a temperamental attitude. Um, so you got to wonder if he was like, get me out of here, trade me to a contender, because he only made like a million bucks this year. It's not like that Blazers year um, a couple years back where he was making like $30 million. Just looking at that roster right there, what a mismatched ro- roster that looks like right now. Oh, my God, yes. They've got some work to do there. They've got a couple nice pieces, but I don't know if Whiteside's in the future there. No, no way. I mean, he's older than I am. Not by much, but, you know, he, uh, uh, yeah, everyone thought he was going to get traded to the Lakers, actually. It was before they got Drummond. And maybe that's what would have happened if, um, if, uh, the Lakers found out they weren't going to get Drummond. I know it happened after the trade deadline. I'm pretty sure it did. The Lakers getting Drummond. Um, but, um, I'm sure that's what Whiteside was kind of counting on, that he was going to get traded, and then it didn't happen, so it's probably like, well, I could either get waived and, uh, possibly not be in the league next year, or I could play and hope to get another contract. I don't think he really did much at the end of the year with, uh the Kings yeah I mean the last game he played in was on April 21st and then he just sat on the bench basically so it's not not looking good there's a chance he's not on a team at the beginning of next year if you're behind Rashawn Holmes another one of the uh trust the process Sixers you might be in some trouble yeah he uh only scored over 20 points once this season only had double digits 10 times. Um, rebounds, that's what he's known for. Uh, only had uh, five games where he had over 10 rebounds, which is pretty good. but Not what he used to be, though. No, he used to get like 20 points, 20 rebounds. Double-double machine back uh, in the day. Oh, my God, those heat days. He was a monster. He's just out of nowhere, too. He's playing in, like, Lebanon, like, a couple years before he went to the Heat. I believe he went to Marshall and was not really highly thought of in college. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Maybe uh, new GM Brad Stevens is a fan and will say, Hey, we're going to resurrect your career. You're better than Tristan Thompson. I doubt it. Dallas Mavericks, we watched them last night. 
Who do you think their guy is? I'm going to guess it's Dorian Finney-Smith. I think that's a good guess. Let's see if I'm right. It is! 9.8 he averaged this year. Started every game he was in. I think he's under contract for a while. So this is like a similar to Royce O'Neal because he plays, he's like the defender in all these games because you're not going to throw Luka on these stars. It's usually Finney Smith guarding the other team's forward. Very important to this Mavericks team. And man, he hit some threes last night. He's playing well. Yeah, I'm very familiar with him. Got to see him play a bunch back in the Florida days. Was a very good college basketball player after transferring from Virginia Tech. And, yeah, he looks like the quintessential 3 and D kind of guy now. I don't even think he was drafted. I, th- I think the Mavericks just took a flyer on them when they weren't that great. And, um, yeah, here we are. Now he's starting on a playoff roster. Makes only $4 million. Next year, he's under contract for four as well. So, ooh, Mavericks are going to have a tough decision to make um, when he's a free agent because they're probably going to have to pay him at least 10 a year, I'd say. So, I would say, yeah, keep them, Mavericks. And our next team is the Memphis Grizzlies. Put up a fight. It seemed like they were going to put up a real fight in the first round. Won the first game. But that was really it. So. I think it'll be. I'm going to say Desmond Bain. Is the guy. That's going to average just under 10. Kyle Anderson. I swear. I I don't know. I I don't memorize the points per game. I'm just kind of guessing here. But yeah, it is Desmond Bain, 9.2 points. Uh, Could have been a Celtic. Could have been. I'm going to say that every time I mention this guy. Could have been a Celtic. Um, But, you know, our our GM, who is no longer our GM, kind of uh, decided to just let him go. Get a couple second rounders instead. Well, those second rounders better be better than Desmond Bain, let me tell you. Um, so, obviously, they're going to keep him. He was the 30th pick of the draft last year. So, he's making, I think, the 30th pick. I, I actually have heard that agents um, will tell... Um, like teams and clients, whatever, um, that they'd rather have their guys picked in the second round because they could potentially make more money by signing four years in the second round. But you do get guaranteed money in the first round. You get an extra year of guaranteed money. I think it's three years of, uh, or it might be two years of guaranteed money for the first round picks, and it's only one year of guaranteed money for the second rounders. So, obviously, they're going to keep Desmond Bain. Did you watch him at all in college? Is this surprising to you? I did watch him a bit at TCU. Uh, Not a ton, because TCU's not really on TV all the time. Um, But he was definitely the lead dog 
for Jamie Dixon's TCU squads and definitely a big time three point shooter. I didn't see him having the kind of rookie success that he had this year, but he definitely stepped it up. And I know in your mind, you're always going to be comparing him to Aaron Neesmith, who I still think has a lot of potential for you guys. Yep. Uh, but yeah, Bain definitely had the better rookie season, it looks like. Clearly, um, I mean, he got more of an opportunity because of injuries. Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson Jr. were out, even though Desmond Bain's more of a. He's kind of a swing man, I guess. More of a two, I'd say. But they were shorthanded. They had to move Kyle Anderson up a couple positions at times and uh, opened up playing time for Bain. And yeah, he's really good. He's, uh, I'd say, part of the Grizzlies' future. Someone playing this well into a rookie season, pretty impressive. I don't even think he played over 20 minutes a game. Oh, no, he did. He played 22. Still pretty good, though. So that's a pretty easy one. Obviously, Grizzlies are going to keep him. Next team's the Spurs. I'm going to say Lonnie Walker is... The guy... Nope. Jakob Pertl. He actually... played pretty decent this season. I'm going to say, I was a little skeptical when they decided to give him an extension, even though they're not paying him much. I think it's... Um, it was like $27 million over three years. That's what they gave him. Let me double-check that right now. He played pretty well towards the end of the season. I think the Spurs, they were in a play-in game. They were. And he was actually, Pirtle was actually key for them in that game. Yeah, so he made $8 million this year, 8.7 the next year, 9.3 the year after that. So yeah, it was a $26 million contract that they just gave him. I think... Uh, Obviously not untouchable, but give him a shot. So we'll move on to the Pelicans. I think Lonzo Ball will be the guy who averages just under 10. Let's see. It's Josh Hart. Oh, Lonzo averaged 14.6. Josh Hart, this is tough. I think he's extension eligible this year. Let's double check. Because he was a first-round pick. Oh, no, he's a restricted free agent right now. So this is going to be tough for the Pelicans. Do they want to move forward with the core of Hart, Ball, Ingram, and Zion? Nikhil Alexander-Walker, I'd say it's a part of that as well. Kira Lewis Jr., Jackson Hayes, a lot of, a lot of young guys. But do you, how much do you really want to pay Josh Hart? Like $10 million? Maybe like a, a Josh Richardson type contract? Four-year deal where he makes $12 million a year maybe? Is that too much? I could see that. That sounds like a fair deal for you know a role player like he is. And he started some games too. Or is he a six? Well, he started four games. He didn't start many. But yeah, he's a potential six man of the year someday, I'd say. He's good. 
I like them a lot. I guess it all depends on what they're going to do with Lonzo, too. I think that's that's just the biggest question mark of the offseason. Do they really believe Lonzo's one of their future guards? I still believe that Kyra Lewis Jr. is probably the future for them at that point guard spot. I think he had a pretty decent rookie year and uh, started getting more and more minutes as the season went on. I think he's going to be a very good player in the NBA, and I think they'd be smart to hold on to him. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they will. Um, what was his, he only played one year so far, so we got to see what else he has to offer. So, yeah, maybe you have to open up some playing time for him. Question is, do you bring Hart back before you bring Ball back? I don't know. Ball did show some flashes. Josh Hart, actually, his season ended early, April April 1st. That was his last game. He played 46 minutes April 1st. He must have gotten hurt. That was an overtime game where they lost to Orlando. That's pretty bad, losing to Look Orlando. Look at his rebounding numbers those last couple games. That's pretty impressive for a yeah. guard. So 15 rebounds on March 23rd. 10 rebounds March 27th, 15 rebounds March 29th, 17 rebounds out of nowhere. Last game of the season? Wow. He's he had 12 games with over 10 rebounds. Yeah, that So that's like uh let's see what his assist numbers are like. And he's got to get those assist numbers up if he wants to get triple doubles. Most he had this year was six assists, and that was only twice. But, yeah, good rebounder. I think you got to hold on to this guy, Pelicans. I mean, don't go crazy and pay him, like, $15 million. But if you can get him maybe, like, 10 12 13 maybe you're kind of starting to think about it a little. Maybe even 12 Maybe around $10 million range. He'll do an extension for that. Like a Josh Richardson type contract. There was another guy who got an extension similar to that. Terrence Ross, I think, makes around that kind of money too. All right, so we're on to our last team. The Houston Rockets, who I saw play three weeks ago. I had the pleasure of seeing Jay Sean Tate Anthony Lamb, Armani Brooks, Kyrie Thomas, DJ Augustine. I finally saw DJ Augustine play. He's been on like every team, but I'd never, I'd never seen DJ Augustine play in person. And of course, I saw the goat Kelly Olynyk, my old pal, who I've met. I uh. I gave him props. I said, you know, you're a legend in Boston for what you did in that Wizards game. And uh, he laughed. And in his head, he's probably like, get the hell away from me. But, uh, yeah, what a weird, weird... Actually, Daniel House played that game I went to. So I, w- I went to the Lakers-Rockets game. 
I sent you some videos, right? Yeah, I saw the uh, the scoreboard, and we were kind of having a laugh about the lineups for the two teams yeah, that's that were right. out there. <laughs> Got some uh, Ben McLemore in there that's for the right. Lakers. That's right, yep. McLemore played Harrell. It was uh, it was the first game I went to um, after the pandemic. First game I went to in two years. The last game I went to was in probably either March or April 2019. That was a Celtics-Nets game. It was back when Kyrie was still on the team. Kyrie didn't even play in that game. So I think... I say DJ Augustine's their guy that's averaging just under ten. Let's see. To Marcus Cousins, no, he's gone. No, it's Kenyon Martin Jr. He's young. I think you gotta keep him. I think he was. No, he's not a two-way player. I think he's actually. A part of uh, the roster. Let's double check. Yep, signed a four-year deal. So, yeah, I think you have to hold on to him. But, um, anyways, we got the uh, the Bucks and Nets starting up again here. We took a little break uh, to watch the first half to finish this up. We're finishing this up at halftime. Game's back on now. Greeny, thank you for coming on, man. Thanks for having me on again, Sam, as always. Yeah, we'll do this again. Um, well, we'll definitely do the draft. Maybe we'll do a cane violation episode then as well. Um, anyways, on to the movie portion of the podcast. Okay, so this week's movie, let me tell you, you might wonder why I'm going page by page from this random creature feature horror guide from the late 90s. Why am I doing this? Well, let me tell you why. Alien... Space Avenger. That is why finding movies like this is why I'm going through the trouble. Going through each page, you know, making sure I'm not going to miss any classics. I mean, I'm not going movie by movie on every page, but... You know, if if I just go page by page and just pick one that I think looks the best on each page, I'm bound to find something. And that's what happened here because there's so many damn titles that begin with Alien that there there was just this page with... I mean, I gotta be honest, all the movies looked like complete shit. 
But I noticed this one, Alien Space Avenger. And why did I watch it? Well, there just happened to be a certain someone in the cast list who really caught my eye. Let's just say that. So, this movie has it all. I mean, I'm surprised more people haven't heard of this movie. Only 200 votes on IMDb? That's really low for a movie that came out in the 80s. There's a lot in this movie. You got old school New York. And the special effects were actually really good. Really good makeup that they used for the alien creatures. I mean, it looked more realistic than anything I saw in the King Kong Godzilla movie. And best of all... Best of all, are you ready for it? The movie stars Kirk Fogg, a.k.a. the old host of Legends of the Hidden Temple. I mean, how, how many movies can you name that, that stars a game show host from a Nickelodeon show? There's not many. Not many. Many. And how many movies can you name that stars a former Nickelodeon game show host who has a sex scene with a blonde chick? You see it all. You see a lot. I'll say that. So this movie came out before... He got the hosting gig on Legends of the Hidden Temple. The movie came out in was either 88 or 89. Legends of the Hidden Temple didn't start until 93. So, it's what Kirk Fogg did. He starred in very awesome movies like Alien Space Avenger. So, the movie starts off with... Star Wars-like credits kind of explaining everything that's going on, except they couldn't even figure out how to slant the credits to make it look like the star... It's clearly what they were going for. They're scrolling and everything, but yeah, they probably told the editor, like, hey, make it look like the Star Wars credits, like, make them, like, slant and go out and everything... And the guy was probably just like, man, you're paying me 20 bucks for this whole thing. I don't know how to do this shit. So that's that's definitely what happened. I mean, I don't know that if that's what happened, but that's definitely what happened. So we have the, these four guys. They're not guys. It's two guys and two girls. They're driving. It's 1939. Why did they pick 1939? Well, your guess is as good as mine. And they're just driving. They're drinking and driving. The guy driving doesn't have a license. And then they have to pull to the side of the road and take a piss. Because they're, you know, inebriated. They're drinking a lot of alcoholic beverages. And what do you know? A comet 
lands near them. And it's actually aliens. And they take over the bodies of these two guys and two girls. And, yeah, so they're basically inside their bodies, but they have the same personalities as they did before and pretty much talk the same way as they did in the previous scenes. So, but the, the aliens are inside their body making the decisions on everything they do. It, I, I don't get it. But that's why it's awesome. Oh, sorry. I had to turn the air conditioning on. It is humid as a my brother. Um, it's a good movie. What can I say? It's just, it's so campy. The movie knows what it is. So anyways... These aliens end up going to a bar because there was one close by, I guess. And they need weapons because humans are bad. They need weapons. Well, they just happen to go to like a VW. There's World War I veterans at this place. And they see all these shotguns on the wall and they ask like, hey, are these loaded? And then they find one that is. And then we get a shootout between the aliens. Now, they are aliens. I'm going to keep referring to them as aliens, even though they're, you know, not in makeup or anything. It's just that the aliens inhabited the bodies of these humans. But there's a shootout. I got to say, there are a shitload of squibs using this movie. But they're hilarious. These aliens, they never shoot at the human's head. It's always in the stomach. Because, you know, shooting someone's head off was not in the budget of this film. But, you know, 100 squibs were. So squibs are like uh, that stuff you can put under someone's shirt. makes it look like uh, they were shot with a bullet. They're cool. But they are used very aggressively in this movie. And then, for some reason, they go back in their spaceship. And they can't get out. And then it's dug up 50 years later. So now we're in present day. Which present day movie time was 1989. And they look weird because they're dressed up. Like they're from the 30s. And they're like, oh, we stand out too much. We gotta go somewhere where, <laughs> you know, we could dress like freaks and people don't, uh, people don't notice us. So it literally just cuts to them in, um, Washington Square Park <laughs> in New York City after they say that. This movie knows what it is. It's absurdity. Our characters are aware. Everyone's aware. And it works. It doesn't always work. It gets a little boring sometimes. There's enough fun to go around. We'll just say that. 
I mean, these aliens, they just, they're shooting all these people. They go to this lab. They dr- they drive, they commandeer an Audi. These aliens, they go crazy with the guns. They'll, they'll shoot any human. They end up having to go to some science lab. There's guards at the gate. Uh, the guards ask for the ID. They just shoot him in the chest and drive through. There's people in lab coats everywhere. The aliens just shoot them all in the stomach. I mean, they're even shooting, like, guys that aren't even in their way. There's, like, some guy, like, like just with a clipboard, like, standing next to a sign, and they just shoot him for no reason. These aliens are not nice. And then uh, Kirk Fogg, he, um, he's, uh, he, yeah, he's like an animator. He's trying to make a comic book. Then he sees these characters at a nightclub and realizes that, oh, the, the, these are the perfect people for my uh, next comic book. It'll be aliens dressed up like they're in the 30s in modern-day New York in the late 80s. Except the aliens didn't tell him anything what was going on. He correctly predicted what was happening with these aliens just by seeing them. So... You know, kind of a plot hole there, but that's why this movie is so good. Great special effects. I'm giving this the Tier 4 rating. Tier 4. See this movie. Old New York, Kirk Fogg, lots of squibs. This is, like I said, this is why I do these... Reviews. This is why I'm I'm going through the book to find movies like this. I would have never watched Alien Space Avenger if I didn't do this. It has 200 votes on IMDb. Maybe I would have because Kirk Fogg's in it. I actually did know Kirk Fogg did a sci-fi movie back in the day. In fact, I saw the sex scene on YouTube when I was in college. And it just, it looked like a horrible movie. So, I never bothered watching the whole thing. And my God, was I missing out. This gets the Tier 4 rating. Now, Tier 1 rating is just the Tier 1 rating. Garbage. Never gonna recommend it. Tier 2 is like, meh, I'm not gonna recommend this either. If you're into this thing maybe you should watch it that's called the abby rating tier three is the alice rating where i recommend it and then tier four so basically tier four and tier one don't have names yet i kind of want to keep the theme of like naming them after like a title character of uh, the movie i'm watching Abby and Alice. So there's no there's no character like I'm I'm almost tempted to call this the 
Avenger rating, the tier four, but I mean, it just reminds me too much of the Avengers. Not that the Avengers are bad. I saw all of them in theaters. All the Avengers movies, not the, not every movie in the universe. Entertaining, but, you know, people are going to get confused. So, we're just going to leave it as the Tier 4 rating. So, basically, Tier 4 is, you need to see this. And, guys, the movie's on YouTube. Just type in Alien Space Avenger. It's there. It's free. It's not on Blu-ray. It's not on DVD. You can't stream it anywhere. It's on VHS. I'm almost tempted to buy it, but... Uh, I, I I hate having all these different form. Like, I, I'm starting to get into Blu-rays. Starting to get rid of some of my older DVDs. The thing is, not every DVD has a Blu-ray release, so it's tough. But I haven't gotten to the point where I'm buying VHS tapes. But maybe I should. Because this movie... And Michael Mann's The Keep are uh, are movies that really need a Blu-ray release, DVD release, and don't have one. So this gets a Tier 4 rating. We're going to play some hip-hop, as usual. Uh-oh. I don't know what I'm going to do uh, for a format next week. Surprise ya. We'll surprise ya. Enjoy the tunes. It's the Adderall Admiral. Right in the holy macro. Your bitch say my deck long like the strap on the satchel. I took me a capsule. With no hassle. Not as like a death feathers an ink in the castle. A prodigy like bullets that hit your left clavicle. No sweatsuits and paint the avenue. You have no clue like toy stores without board games. But when I paint pictures, I'm dipping brushes in war paint. I'm a motherfucking motherfucker yeah. Fucking on your mother with two rubbers I do I fuck do. her No cover, just a booty on her pillow yeah. Your bitch said a dick tastes like Tropical like fruit Skittles yeah. I'm bubbing Bill with her with her Swishers on Schwarzenegger yeah. Matter of fact, nah, nigga, they a mocha selector yeah. They a choker, nigga These niggas ain't rappers, they motherfucking characters Caught your baby mama horny, then I stuck a carrot her Then you made a salad with it, ate it for dinner I done want that skinny bitch look like that hoe from Fenner Swish she plays soccer, she was real good with headers Had me yelling go while I was sitting on a dresser Give that bitch a hat trick, smoking on a cactus I keep the bitch wet around you, she's a cactus I got them penis palms for your vagina monologues Love a feminist bitch, oh they get my dick hard So no apologies for all the misogyny I just want some company to come and watch some porn of me My oral orchestration causes manipulation The way these hoes be chasing thought I had the tongue of Satan But I just give them dick, they get morals for compensation Why your niggas tricking, giving your obligation You safe havens, I'm West Craven with X Cravens Fuck a bitch mouth until her fucking face caving Hanging cams in her house, I caught her masturbating Extorted her for the cash, now your ass paying Nigga, you kept them, save them ass, nigga I don't give a bitch shit but hard dick and liquor So, so nice to meet you, I hope that you safe
never had to take the dollar cab Coming home real late at night Standing on my feet all damn day Trying to make this thing right And having one of my co-workers say Yo, you look just like This kid I seen in the old Buster Rhymes video The other night Well, easy come, easy go How that saying goes No more broad service cars And them TV shows that all had got snatched from me And all and they fat goatees All turn they back on me And didn't wanna hear rap from me So naturally, actually Had to face things factually Had to be a catastrophe Hit the fridge and staring back at me Cause nothing's there, nothing's fair I don't wanna ever go back there So I won't be taking no days off Till my spaceship takes off working as gracious And I ain't patient I wish I could Buy me a Lost in space. Lost in space. 
Why you search looking deep in your Rolodex? I flex, I tell the truth when I'm serious. You think I'm mysterious? Drop rap in minutes, become your problem like Dennis the Menace. Hold up your meetings, Poppy, let's capture the paparazzi. Unseen, heard of your magazine, got the nerve of a two year old crayon writing. Talking to you, I'm deciding. Communication leads one step to aggravation. I got my ears closed back to booking my own shows. Level 789. Second dimension. Welcome to the space. 